Oh, joys and concerns come here. You have a big card. There might be all men that use them today. May it may. Okay, on our first day as the Methodist Church, what joys do we have? What? I had the most wonderful visit from a, from a young man, Karen Jones's brother. You know, Karen, Karen Jones. He plays for the devils. No, he doesn't. Oh, no, he doesn't. No, okay. no, no. Um, his sister, it was Karen and his sister died. And he lives in Colorado. Um, we talked for two hours. On the phone? No, he came to my door. Oh, my goodness, two hours. <laughs> you let, uh, is he married? Oh, yes, he grew up with my son. Well, that doesn't mean he's married just because you grew up with your son. Oh, I forgot. I'm on the internet. Never mind. Never mind. You're supposed to remind me, you know. And what does, what does Dalton want? What did he say? We just got back from Kalahari. Oh. Where's that? Ohio. Ohio. That's the new conference we're in, Ohio and Western Pennsylvania. Any other joys? I mean, it's a joy seeing so many people here in church. This is, this is terrific. I hope we have this at every one of the, uh, the churches and maybe some new faces. Yes? Washington, the state of Washington. I can't say anything about the state because we're on the we're on the we're on the internet. I hate I, I hate having to do this all morning. We're on the internet. Something good. Good. Oh, was she at the picnic you had last year? Then uh, she had long hair because I asked her if she was a softball player, and she said no. Yeah. And she was going to be a veterinarian. And she has to go to Colorado to become a veterinarian? Oh, never mind. I'll stop that. <laughs> Frank, I'm going to have to give you a sign that says uh, stop. Or, you know. Remember, you're on the, uh, the internet. Charlie? I have a big joy. Through it all, we're still all together. Amen. Yes. I'm not saying anything about the past. I hope not to. If I do, say something. This all with the future. All with the future. My son Carl will be back from deployment on August 14th. Back here? Kansas. Kansas. Oh, so you've gone to Kansas with, with Dorothy. We pray for a Carl at the other uh, Lieutenant Carl. He's going to become a, uh, a captain in January or something like that. We pray for him every Sunday at, uh, at uh, Sydney. Any other joys we're on? We're on joys. No, he was pointing to uh, Laurie. 
That's all? No more joys? How about concern? Do we have concern? We went to AAA day last night. We met with Dan and Kathy and their family and Pastor Ed and Sue. Had a very nice time. What game was it? Triple A and Johnstown won. Johnstown won. Oh, did they? Yeah. Is this baseball? Yeah. It was a good game. It was a really good game. Was, was, is that that stadium? <coughs> the stadium. The, is that the, oh, I'm trying to find somebody who was there uh, uh, Tuesday. Is that the stadium we went by to get yes. to that church on, the, on Tuesday? Yes. <laughs> it was off on the right side of the road? Oh, well, nice. that's the first time I've been by that stadium. That's a, that's a very nice stadium. We'll give a plug for the, uh, whatever the name of the stadium is called. Point? Sergeant Stadium, they call it now, but it, where, where do they call it? Sergeant Stadium, but it'll be Point. Oh, yeah, that's the Sergeant Stadium. Yeah, Point. Point. Well, that's, that's the, you people who have been here for a while. For us newcomers, it's a Sergeant Stadium. I'll never be there again. <laughs> I would be. I, would, I don't think I'd be going to a game, even on a Saturday night. And the Saturday nights are. I won't say anything. Uh, any any concerns? Are we done with the joys? We're we done with the joys. Listen to the topics that we're on here, huh? We're done with the joys. Now, how about concerns? Do we have concerns? My brother William is back in the hospital. You have a uh, concern? No, you were just scratching your head. I have one. I got a, while we were in Washington, I got a, a Facebook page or a text from Cora Crum. Her daughter, Bunny, was hospitalized this week and was supposed to have surgery. She's not doing well. And she's been sick for years, but um, she really needs to Don't write this down. Uh, what did I have? I had a, uh, oh, a sonogram. I had a sonogram. I found out that uh, they did something for my heart. They found out I have one. So rest assured, I could see it. I could see it beating. So I know I, I had one. That was a relief. And uh, I couldn't see what they were doing for my, for my liver. But uh, they called Friday. Now, they never call back if there's nothing wrong. So you wonder the whole time, did you find anything? She called back Friday morning. And it's like, you need to go get a CAT scan or CT scan of your liver because we found, they found a mass in your liver. So I, I have additional weight that I shouldn't be carrying around. I don't know what it means. I don't know. Uh, but I have to go get a CAT scan of my, my liver. So don't write that down. Uh, you can pray for me, but I'm not mentioning it in the, in the pastoral prayer. Is that, is that all we have? Well, since we have a few more minutes. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I just wanted to um, mention prayers for the family for the fire victims in Westmont. They lost two children. We had a, I think it, I think it was the same people. Uh, one of her teachers was here. He taught her in third grade or second grade. Mike. So he, he was aware of the, of the situation. Well, let me say this to you about the prayer. These are the words of Oswald Chambers. 
Now the people who go to the Bible study know all about Oswald Chambers because we're always uh, reading something about Oswald Chambers. Prayer is not a normal part of the life of the natural person. We bear it, we hear it said that a person's life will suffer if they don't pray. What will suffer is the life of the Son of God in them, the person in them, which is nourished not by food, but by prayer. The Holy Spirit that is within you is nourished by prayer. When a person is born again from above, the life of the Son of God is born in them, and they can either starve or nourish that life. Prayer is the way that the life of God in us is nourished. Our common ideals regarding prayer are not found in the New Testament. We look upon prayer simply as a means of getting things for ourselves. But the biblical purpose of prayer is that we may get to know God himself. Ask and you will receive. We complain before God and sometimes we are apologetic or indifferent to him. But we actually ask him for very few things. Ask and God will do. Give Jesus Christ the opportunity and the room to work. The problem is that no one will ever do this until they reach their wit's end. When a person is at their wit's end, it is no longer seems to be a cowardly thing to pray. In fact, it is the only way they can get in touch with the truth and the reality of God himself. Be yourself before God and present him with your problems the very things that have brought you to your wit's end. But as long as you think you are self-sufficient, you do not need to ask God for anything. To say that prayer changes things is not as close to the truth as saying, prayer changes me and then changes things. God has established things so that prayer changes the way a person looks at things. Prayer is not a matter of changing things externally, but one of working miracles in the person's inner nature. I've told you this uh, uh, before. Uh, what kind of shape was I in, Pat, when you were driving me around that one day? Very bad shape. I, I couldn't move. I had a hard time uh, moving, and it was on Tuesday. Went to the physical therapist, and the, the, he would say, lay down on the table. Well, it would take me 10 minutes to lay down on the table because I was in so much pain. Oh, oh, and then he would try to reproduce the pain, couldn't do it. So I was there for an hour and, and went home. Pat drove me, drove me home. I, I mean, I, would, I was walk, walking like, like this. And I, I really felt old. Well, I, when I got home, I, I, it's like it was, I was in such pain. I said, God, you got to do something about this pain. I can't handle this. Wednesday, it started to disappear. And it, ha it, it hasn't come back. The physical therapist checks it. I've been back to the doctor, and he, he, I told him what happened. And I don't know if he's a religious man or, or not, but uh, it, the prayer, it worked for me that one time. It relieved me of, of, uh, of, of, of that, that pain. So what else do we want to say? Oh, 
I want to read that, read that last. Oh, I have to get the, uh, the card. Isn't it nice to have time to talk about some, some things? This is a, a, a John Wesley prayer, the founder of Methodism. So let us pray. We believe, all-powerful and wise Lord, that you arrange and direct all things, even the small and the unpleasant things, to the increase of your honor and to the good of those who love you. Please teach us to trust your goodness and accept your choices for us. Even when we cannot understand the choices, keep our hearts fixed on you. Let us do in everything what pleases you and then, in full surrender to your wisdom, lead the outcome entirely to you. We gather this morning in your presence to raise our voices to you, to bring to your attention what's on our souls. We offer prayers for the safety and well-being of our youth and continue to encourage them on their walk of faith. We pray for the unsaved, the unbelievers, those who have lost their way, for them to see the lights on their wayward ways so that they may be saved before too late. We ask for forgiveness for our going astray and for choosing our way over your way. We ask for travel mercies for all those people who find themselves traveling during, during these summer months and the summer is quickly coming to a close. We pray for the good health and well-being of the members of this congregation, their families, friends, and neighbors. We pray for the members of the law enforcement, the military, especially First Lieutenant Carl Smith. We pray for firefighters, first responders, EMTs, and bus drivers. We pray for the well-being and safety for the leaders of our country, our community, and our church. We pray for our continual spiritual walk following your word found in the Bible. We know that we have made the right decision and we will continue to stand up concerning your word. We offer prayers for Carl Smith, who is traveling home. We pray for William Johnson, who finds himself in the hospital. We pray for Bunny Schaefer, and we pray for the family of the fire victims that was in the Westmont last, last week. We pray for their, their safety and for their, their needs that, uh, that they find, that, uh, that they lost everything. So we, we, we pray for, for them for that. Now, dear Lord, let me, let me read a, a uh, thing about prayer from the Bible. It's from uh, Matthew. Matthew 6, verses 5 through 8. And when you pray, you shall be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, but they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard from their many words. Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things and have need of before you even ask for them. 
Before we have a silent prayer, I'd like to read the prayer that I pray every, every day. Pray that it is your will that I follow, dear Lord. I pray for my daily needs that you will be providing. I ask for your forgiveness for my waywardness. I ask for the capacity to forgive others. I ask to be protected from Satan and to be free from all his temptations. I pray for the tests that lay before me today that I approach them with an open heart, an open mind, and an open spirit. I thank you for the improvement in my strength and my health. I'm indeed grateful and thankful for the many blessing, blessings you have given me yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I pray for all those that, I'm, that, are, that are being served, the people in Sidman, the people in Beaverdale, and the people in Dunlow. Now, dear Lord, let us, let us take some time to hear what you have to say to us as we pray in silent prayer, listening for God talking to us. Dear Lord, let us bring our time of prayer to a close by praying together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. No, not yet. No, no, no. A pause. I am weak in all my services that I plan of putting in a pause. I go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. That, that's the way, the, way, the way I am. But when I go to a church, and, and I'm sure it's intentional, there are pauses in there. And it's like, I find it, 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 it's nice to have pauses during the church service. I just have trouble getting a pause. Is there anything anybody would like to say since we have the, uh, the time here? Ah, yes! Your story reminded me of um, a story that I just heard from um, Dalton's karate. There's a guy there, he was telling me that his son stepped off a curb down in North Carolina and he fell and he was paralyzed from his neck down. They airplane, they flew him from North Carolina to Pittsburgh and um, the doctors there don't know what happened. So they're just assuming that he had pneumonia and instead of it settling in his lungs, it settled in his spine. But they're just guessing. But um, can't feel anything. Well, they prayed and prayed. And he is now starting to feel. He um, is um, 
he said he has burning sensation and numbness. He's getting his feeling back. So that's the power of prayer. And the, um, he stood for 14 seconds by himself the other day. So fingers crossed and prayers. And his name's Dom. So if we can continue praying for him. Yes. Glory be to God. Yes. I think that's the next hymn, I think. Uh, 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 how many read the upper room? Two people? The upper room? Three people? Four people? That's all that reads the upper room? Four, five, six? That's all. How many read the, our daily bread? Five. Six. It's about the same number. Seven. What devotional to the rest of you people read? They might read Oswald Chambers. <laughs> She's in the Bible study. He, he talks about one verse. That's all it is. And he writes 500 words on one verse. The rest of you don't read a devotional? Oh, I forgot. <sighs> Never mind. I won't say anything. The Bible. Bible. And there's mornings with Jesus. Because in both of those books, you'll, you'll see a lot of uh, from uh, they're, they're, the readers, the writers are taken from around the world. You'll you'll read stories about the power of prayer. In ev in business, in sports, in daily life, whatever, uh, whatever uh, a, a career or whatever position in life that you want to put in it, there's a story in there, in one of the in those in those devotionals that uh, don't we get the uh, the upper room, Kathy? Don't we get the upper room? No, we get the daily bread. We get the daily bread, so you don't have to buy it. It's in the back there for you to take one. And we get the upper room at uh, Beaverdale. So when you're over there, take one. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's about that long an article. So they're not long. But they recommend, like I recommend, that you read the verse that they're talking about. Because the, st the story that's in there has, uh, has some connection to the Bible verse that they asked you to, to read. And that's where I get my, I'm up, what am I up to? 30, about 30,000 words for the last three years of uh, the, the reading for each day. And then I write down there what it says to me on my iPad. And I do the same thing tomorrow. And whatever, it, it either comes from Oswald Chambers, the Upper Room, or Our Daily Bread. And I've covered every single book in the Bible except uh, one in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament. That's it. But I have readings there from 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 uh, from all the from nine, from 2018 on. Pat does the same thing. She comes she comes with the the Bible verses we're studying in the Bible class. A Bible class. Uh, she comes with her comments written down. You should keep that. And put that into some kind of book. What does the Bible say to you? This is what I want to get into with sermons. I want to be able to say, read the Bible, and then, and then 
tell you a story that uh, was written by somebody else. This is what comes from there. Tell you what it said to me, and uh, then then I'd like to open it up. What does it say to you, the Yuns? And I don't want this to take place. For 55 years, you sat like bumps on the log when the pastor would ask the question. I can remember my first appointment. I won't say where because of that thing. And when I came off the, off the pulpit, the first time I came off the pulpit and, and walked out into the congregation, I could see fear in everybody's eyes. They were, they were afraid of, what's he going to do? Why did he come off the pulpit? I, I haven't seen fear in, in any of your eyes here. But I'd like to be able to ask that question knowing that I will get a response. I, I tried this in my last appointment, who names will remain non-mentioned, uh, and I would get silence. And I did it for about six weeks. I have an answer for you. What? As children, we weren't taught to keep quiet. I know. <laughs> I know. But we're in a new uh, spiritual section now where that rule is out, taken out. Especially when you're asked the question, what does it say to you? And nobody would respond. And this went on for, for, for like six weeks. And finally, the last week, one lady said she gave an unparagraph. And I said, oh, thank you. And she said, I already said this because I want this to be over with. <laughs> so, every, you know, I laughed at it and everybody else laughed. And then I went home and thought about it. And it's like, do you know what you said to your pastor? Do you know what you've done to the position of your pastor by saying that, 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 that comment? And I stopped it after that. And I haven't started it here because I'm waiting to see for the Bible classes to gel up and then maybe they will, will respond. Because it must say something to you. I read it. I have you read it. And then after that, you tell me that you don't, not that you don't, it, it, I don't know what it means to me. I don't know if you're saying that, but you're, you're, you're just quiet. You're just quiet. What does it say to you? That's how you're going to study the Bible. What does it say? You just don't read it. You have to figure out what the Bible says to you. Because how many people we have here? 50? Well, we had 30 bulletins and we're out of bulletins. Uh, the same bulletin is used at all three churches. There'll be 30 other uh, bulletins when we get to Beaverdale, and there'll be 30 other bulletins when we get to, uh, uh, to Sydney. Now I forgot where I was, uh, where I was, was, was going. Uh, uh, it, it must say something to you. How can you read something and it doesn't say something back to you? And the Bible? Uh, the Bible has, has uh, the Bible is the number one selling book in all of, of uh, literature. You take all the top, the, the, the number one bestsellers from the New York Times, and it doesn't, all of them, it doesn't equal how many Bibles have been sold. 
So don't you get something out of a book you read from James Patterson or something like that? Well, you should get something out of reading the Bible. That's our basis of our faith is the Bible. That's why you're here and other people aren't. Because of the way we understand the Bible. That's what you need to read and become familiar with. You don't have to become a scholar. I'm not a scholar on, on the Bible. But you need to read it and it says something to you. If it says something to you, write it down. It doesn't have to be 500 words. I mean, it could be a sentence. I get a sentence sometimes. And I go back and I think about it more and I try to, uh, because it, what comes to me now, and I put it down. And it comes to me from the Holy Spirit that's living in each, side, each one of you. And the way we have to nourish it is through prayer. So, any other questions, answers? This is the first leg of the, uh, of the, uh, of the, uh, what do they call it again? Oh, circuit riders, service, yes. This is what they did in the old days. Did anybody come on a horse to bring their horse? Huh? I was going to rent a horse, but I'm afraid I'd fall off by the time I got to Beaverdale. And then I'd have to be taken by ambulance to a hospital. So I just drove in my car in, instead. Uh, we provided no directions to Beaverdale. Everybody knows how to get to Beaverdale? Okay. And uh, we're, we're going to meet there after all this is... Uh, it, it, it is over with. It, it's time for me to.
because it had three verses, not the, not, not, not four. Bless all of you for, for coming today. Made you a great deal to me to see such a large, large crowd here. We ask that blessing be on you on your trip from here to Beaverdale for the second part of the uh, of the service where the sermon sermon is given. So we pray all of this in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Go and earn your day. Now we're ready to sing the last verse of In the Garden.
Quiet down very nicely. Uh, our scripture reading for today, I, I thought about what, what can I uh, uh, preach on for the first Sunday in our new spiritual pathway, just being a Methodist. And uh, uh, for last week, I decided to use the last message that Jesus gave to his disciples. So it's like, well, what can I do for the first? So it's his first sermon, which is the Beatitudes. So that takes us into Matthew <coughs> chapter 5, 1 through 12. 1 through 12. He said, Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, me is Jesus. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this is a, uh, did we lose anybody? Did we, did, we, did we keep everybody? It's hard to say because you're, we're in a bigger church now. I'm used, I'm used to seeing people there, and they're not there anymore. Okay, so I can't go on. <laughs> so this I call turning things upside down again. Are you hear me okay, Frank? Beatitude. Does anybody know what beatitude means? A beautiful attitude. It means happiness that can't be affected by our outward circumstances or situations. They can't be affected by what's going on around us. The beatitude, when I was back in uh, Connecticut, uh, I, I, wrote, I, I wrote music for Fife and Drum Corps, young, for young kids. Once you were 18, you were out. And uh, we had to go somewhere. I forget where it was, because every weekend you were going somewhere else. And we tied first place with a, with a Fife and Drum Corps from Washington, PA. We were always gone against each other, especially the, uh, the, the, the instructors were. <laughs> and uh, I, I called them all together and I said, if, if we can win, if we just keep our minds on what we're doing, forget about all the activity that's gone around, going around, because there were other fight courts, they, weren't, they were packing up, they weren't getting ready to go perform again for the judges. Just keep your mind on what we're doing. Forget about all this stuff out here. Forget about who we're competing against. Just go in there and do the very best you can and keep your mind focused on that. Like one of the first things I said to you in, in the end of October was, let's keep our minds on the, the goal, Jesus Christ. That was our goal throughout, throughout everything we've been, been with. The Beatitudes, look at things, are at odds with the way we usually see life. 
By living our lives by the Beatitudes, we connect ourselves with principles that we find hard to live by. Hard to live by. These principles guide us in reaching for that person God created us to be. God created us to be. And in order to become that person, we are to live by these principles known as the Beatitudes. Jesus' first sermon. He gathers everybody together on a mountaintop and they all sit down and they have popcorn and soda and everything else. And then he stands up and, and teaches them about, about, about the, the principles that they are to live their lives by. He'd been baptized. He walked into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days where, the, where Satan tempted him three times. And then after that, he walks into another town, and this is where he gives his sermon, the Beatitudes, his first sermon, right after he was uh, attempted in the wilderness or on the desert. Doesn't, doesn't make much difference. These principles guide us in reaching for that person God created us to be. God created each, is there anybody here who wasn't created by God? We'll shut the cameras off and we'll let you raise your hands. No, you all were, oh, oh, oh. No, he was just taking his arm off from around his wife. <laughs> We've all were created by God. And we were created for a reason. Unfortunately, God didn't tell us what that reason was. We have to find, figure it out ourselves. And many of us, for me, it took 60 years to figure out what, what, what I was supposed to be. And uh, it was, uh, I still wonder today, was I just not listening to him calling me? Not until I played at that, 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 the, uh, the, the, the student who died because of cancer up in the balcony playing Ave Maria. That's when I heard the words, come back, like they were standing right next to me. And two weeks later, I was back in church. Two, weeks, two, two years later, I was in the ministry, and, and here I am now. And I'm going to be ordained in October. So will pick me up when I get this close to it? So that means when I get ordained, if you have to address me, you have to call me your holiness, and you have to kiss my ring. Okay, that's after mid-October. I'll remind you when we get there. Thank you very much. I'll regret that if I ever see that. <laughs> Once again, Jesus has turned things upside down because of these beatitudes. People didn't live like that in those days. Many great speeches throughout history were brought about by the occasion for which they were given such as JFK's inaugural speech, wartime speeches of Winston Churchill, the speeches of FDR, and Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. The Sermon on the Mount had no such outward occasion that gave it its significance. The occasion added nothing to the speech. It was the speech that made the occasion. Simplicity, to hear the words clearly, 
as if for the first time, and to know that the words are directed towards us. There are three principles for living in the spirit that the Beatitudes are based upon. The first one I just told you, simplicity. The second one is hopefulness. The third one is compassion. That's what the Beatitudes are based on. Hopefulness. Approach the world with a spirit of hope, even when the outward signs indicate otherwise. You know people who are like that. You've met people like that. No matter what happens, they're always hopeful. No matter what happens, they're always hopeful. They always have a smile. They, they always talk with, with hopefulness in, in the tone that they use and the, the words that they use. Always. Those people are to be blessed. Because without hope, we ain't got nothing. The final principle is compassion. It shows us that we all are one. We all are one. At the end of the day today, you'll be a closer group than you were when we started this morning. I found that out with the, when I would take the Catholic school kids, the band, out to perform at other schools, two or three in a, in a day. And we would load, have to load everything on the bus and take everything off the bus and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I had letters on the floor, C and W, whatever, on the floor. And they would pick things up and match the letter that was on the equipment with the letter that was on the floor. And they would set everything down so we could get set up rather, rather, rather quickly. Well, that, those kids were a different band in the afternoon after we had lunch than they were in the morning. Because in the morning, they were, they were all from different schools. But after we had lunch and they had the time to sit down and talk with each other and find things out about that, they became a band. And it was an entirely different concert in the afternoon. So it's the same thing here. Same thing, same thing here. Yuns need this. You need to be connected with the other the other two churches that, that are in, in the charge to help with support of, of each other. We all know that the churches need support. We all know that. We all know that. Because without it, doors will be closed. And that's what, that's what the United Methodists are hoping for, that we will close our doors. We have to support each other. We have to become more of a community together. We all live in separate communities. But we worship in three different communities. Those three different communities have to become one community. Not that we'll do something like this again, but we may do where we'll have one service for all three churches. And we'll change the locations each time. Couple times a year, every quarter or something, something like that. Compassion requires us not only to walk the same path with a companion, but also to walk in their shoes. To understand them, to better understand them. When we understand somebody, we get a benefit from it. 
They get one too because you know them. You know that person better now. I know my, my, my good friend better now because I don't see him as often as I used to when I lived in, around Ligonier. I used to drop by every Sunday, Sunday afternoon. We started by, by cleaning a school on summer vacation. We didn't know each other. He was a parent and I was a teacher looking for <laughs> work. Uh, and uh, we hit it off right away. I found out that there's somebody else who has sarcasm like I do. And he felt the same way. And we, sometimes we would go through Giant Eagle or the shopping thing, and he would be in front of me, and he would go through, and I would be razzing him, and, and, and then the cashier would say, you know, you need to like him better. You're awful mean to him. I'm going to say, well, I said, no, no, this is the way we talk to, uh, uh, to, to, to each other. I had a secretary at, at the, one of the churches, I had a secretary, and we had that relationship. And I, I told her, I said, and somebody else was in the office, I said, maybe we should stop, stop that because of people coming in. And she said, oh, no, the people who come into the office like it. They like you two going back at each other. I said, okay, well, we'll continue, continue along. All the other Beatitudes depend on the first one. Number uno. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I'm not doing all the, all the Beatitudes, because we would miss communion and miss the party uh, af afterwards. I'm, I picked out certain, certain beatitudes I want to emphasize. Now think of climbing a ladder and the importance of the first step. That's what, it, that's what it's compared to with the beatitudes. The first beatitude is the most important one of them all. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Those who consider themselves big and of great value will be small and of little value. While those who consider themselves small and of little value will be big and have great value. Those who trust in the righteousness they see in themselves do not think themselves to be poor of spirit. The next beatitude deals with something we all need to do and must do or should do. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. We will gain the praise of our Lord, not by our accomplishments, but by our hungering and thirsting for righteousness. It's not what we do in life, but how much we want to be more like Jesus. That's what we're supposed to. That's the example that's been given to us. An example, oh, let's see, let me recall this. And the, the word example comes from ancient times, ancient times. And what it means is for a teacher to write something out so the student can write the same thing out. That's what the example means. To provide, to provide an example, a, a, uh, 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 a direction for the student. Yuns, wins, are the students. 
We're given a heart, and I have proof that I have one. On Thursday, I had, it was verified that I, I saw it beaten too. So I know there's one in there. It wasn't something artificial or she ac accidentally put it on the machine over there. No, it was, I felt it, it was on me and I could see it beaten. I asked her, I'm not pregnant, am I? She said, no, I don't think so. Because <laughs> it, it was the same, same thing. Sonogram, that's what it was. The worldly things we hunger and thirst for do not satisfy. I'm sure you've all experienced that, except the young ones there in the back. He hasn't had a chance yet. But it's coming. It's coming. The things we, we thirst for and hunger for in, in this life. I just realized the other night about all the food commercials that are on. Eat here, eat there, eat this, eat that. Of course, I can't eat anything that they're advertising because they don't advertise salmon and plain rice cakes. No, they don't advertise that. They advertise something special with, the, with fish that's been breaded. And it's a, no wonder people, and, and the things are about that thick, no wonder people are so hungry, and that's what the kids want to eat when, when they go out because that's what they see on TV all the time. I mean, it's over and over and over with, with, with the uh, uh, food commercials. Did anybody here watch Longmire TV show, Longmire? You know why it was canceled? It was geared, it was geared towards 50 and over. And they weren't buying the products that were being advertised. It was the young kids. They weren't buying it, so they canceled it. It wasn't because the program was bad. It was just the advertisements that they had on there were not being sold, not being bought by the older people. Because we don't go out and buy things like that. There's only one thing that will completely satisfy our hunger and thirst. And that is the hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness is what we're supposed to be hungering for and thirsting for. We will be judged by our hungering and thirsting for righteousness and not our achievements. Jesus, when he speaks about the Beatitudes, makes it very clear that the happiness he mentions has nothing to do with outward circumstances. Nothing to do with outward circumstances. Look, of all the outward circumstances he was involved in. He had to walk through. He had to stand and be accused of this and that. Had to be spat upon. They didn't affect his happiness. He knew where it was. It didn't change what he thought about. He even stayed silent at, at the end. It's all from within. It's all from within. It's all just a matter of attitude, which we know we can change. Have you ever had a change in attitude? Look, look at, look at what, I'm trying to get you to sit in different seats now. Oh my God, oh I can't do that. I've sat in the seat for a Oh my goodness, she's, oh, I can't move seats. All that is is an attitude and you can change it. You can, you can change, you can change your attitude. Oh, we have people in the front row. 
Not used to having people in the front row. Charlie and, and Joyce usually sit in the second row. It's, it's nice of you to be sitting up here in the front row. That, that's good. Don't trip me. Don't trip me. She's trying to trip me. I'll step on your, your, your sandaled foot there. But it's nice, nice to have people in the front row. That's where I, I sat. Uh, and, and when, any of the churches I went to, uh, uh, when I came back in 2005, I always sat in, in the front. Uh, when I went to course of study and uh, a classroom, I always sat in the back. Always sat in the back. That was, uh, I can't say it was a good, good experience. And that school, I'm told, is not on the list that the Global Methodist Church is supporting. So I asked somebody about it. I said, how come Bethesda? Oh, they have quite a lot of liberal teachers. I had a couple from there, and I, 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 they didn't affect me. I wouldn't call them liberal. But we had a lot of people from outside, Lutheran and Presbyterian and other people who, who, who came, came in. The course, of, the course of study, two things. Now, I'll probably only remember one of them. The, the lady who runs the whole thing for the United Methodist Church, the course of study, she was there one weekend. So I went up to her and I said, can I give you a, a, a show you what the course of study is like? She said, sure. Take a communion cup and take this five gallon of water and pour it into that communion cup. That's what it's like going to a course of study. They're, they're taking a semester class and putting it into 20 hours. 10 hours this week, 10 hours next week. And by Friday, by Friday dinner, it started at 3.15, dinner was at 6 o'clock. That was it. I couldn't take any more. But we had Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. And it, it, it's, just, it's just too much at the, at, at the one time. The other thing was, I appeared before DCOM. Used to be called DCOM, District Committee on Ministry. Uh, lay people and, and elders, that means they were ordained, are on the committee, and you appear before them. Uh, and I, I don't know how it came out, but I told them I'd gone seven years without a vacation. I had missed a Sunday in seven years. And the chairman hits on the desk, he said, the next time we see you, we want to hear that you are on vacation. So it was like, how can I do this? So I came up with this, which my district superintendent approved of and said it was vacation. I would go out to course of study on Thursday. On Friday morning, I would go to the YMCA and sit in the steam room, because I found out where it was. And then Friday afternoon, I would go to class. Friday night, go to the motel, go to bed. Saturday, class would be over, 3.15. I would go to a park and walk, or go to the Y and run, or do this, or do that. And then go home on Sunday. So I told Thursday and Sunday are my vacation days. Is that okay with you? And she said, yeah, that's fine. So that's how I did my vacations for two or three years, until COVID started. I just don't, uh, what am I going to do on vacations? I don't have somebody with me who wants to go and go to Disneyland or Disney World, or to go see uh, the Grand Canyon or this or that. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm, I'm perfectly fine to sit at home in my, my recliner and uh, uh, watch the TV, watch Law and Order. 
That's all right with me. I need this on Sundays. I need this to stay alive on Sundays and to prepare throughout the week because I'm preparing every single day for a different, different part. This was unique because it was like preparing for th three thirds of what, what, what's, taking, what's taking place and printing out all the material that, uh, that, that I need. Attitude, we can change our attitude just as easily as you're going to change your seats. Yes, they're sitting in different seats. You're sitting in different seats. Yeah, you're in different seats. Charlie's just moved over there. <laughs> the problems we have with the, with the Beatitudes is that we see them completely out of touch with life as we know it. That's why Jesus has turned everything upside down, which he has done throughout his ministry. Only a three-year ministry. These, the Beatitudes, are biblical principles that were given to us, God's children, by God's Son. Now, there must have been a reason why. Why would God have given this message to his son, which would become his first sermon and the basis for his entire earthly ministry? Why? He didn't give it to a woman like the message when he was resurrected. He gave this message to his son, his first sermon. The first words, not the first words, but the, near the beginning of the words out of his mouth. And did he make them up? No, they were provided for him by God through the Holy Spirit. Just like these words are provided through the Holy Spirit. I'm amazed as when I work on one of these and how I'm able to type things into the computer. Of course, there's a lot of mistakes sometimes and there's red lines under everything, so I have to go back and, and correct them. But it's the words of the Holy Spirit. That's within me. How do I nurture, nurture, nourish him? Through prayer. You nourish good things, you starve bad things. Because the bad things will go away because you're starving them. The good things will increase because you're nourishing them. That's a rule of life. Just not one of, of, of Jesus. We are all being asked to do, all we're being asked to do is to live by these principles. That's all. Is it easy? No, nothing is easy with being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus Christ. We should know that by now. I've been telling you that for, for, for uh, two, two years and uh, ten, ten months, oh, no, one year and ten months or so. Yeah, ten months. 
In October, we'll start our third year together. You're still stuck with me for a, for, for a while. I haven't been accepted yet. I'm still freelance, I guess you would say I am. I'm not the, the UMC and the GMC uh, haven't provided me with a car or contacted me yet about uh, being, being accepted. But I, I'm told by, by, uh, by somebody, I, I, I'll tell you his name maybe next week, I, I won't tell you it's Sidman because his name cannot be aired or in print until after August the 15th. But th that, that person, I can't tell you his name now, will be our supervising elder. And our three churches are in his jurisdiction because I, I asked them on, I sent them a, a text message. Oh, texting is so fantastic. Uh, uh, on, on Thursday, and he said, yes, we're in his jurisdiction. I can't tell you his name yet, but uh, he's from somewhere around Oakland. Somewhere. Where? I know, but I can't tell you. I know who he is, but I can't tell you. I will. Next week, I'll tell you in Beaverdale and, and uh, Dunlow, but I can't say it at uh, Sydney because of that thing. Not until after the 15th. We don't want to start on a rocky road by, you know, this, this or, or, or that. So I'm delighted that uh, he is it because I, I know him and I have a relationship with him. And I've told him about, hey, I still haven't heard anything about They haven't contacted me. He said, I'll see what I can do. So. It's gone up the chain of command. He's going to find out about the, of, of, of what's, what's holding me up. Because there's no criminal record there. There was a, uh, you know, the, I don't know what they, what they, could, they, what they could find on, on, on me. I don't know. I don't think that's the, I've heard that every two days they get new pastors. They're having a backlog of new pastors wanting to come in. The ones who submitted their paperwork in early June got admitted in mid-July. Mine went in July 6th, so that means mid-August. So we're, we're approaching mid-August. Mid I hope to hear, I run to the computer every day and I check both email addresses and to see if I got something. Because I have to have a YouTube connection with the, what do they call it? They just call it BOOM, B-O-M, Board of Ministry. We have a, a meeting, and uh, just like it was with the District Committee on Ministry, you know, uh, they're, they're just there to, to find out if, you know, you're who you say you were on, in, the, in the paperwork. I think, I don't know, I'll check with our supervising elder before I have the meeting to find out what questions are they going to be, uh, are they, are they be asking. But so until then, I'm in the limbo. I'm a... Uh, I'm, uh, Freelance, and uh, Mount Hope is Mount uh, the community church of Mount Hope. They went independent. I don't know the name of the church in, in Salix. Do you know the name of the church, Dan, in Salix? No, not Bethel. The one in the, uh, the one that Dan Dan uh, Don. Resigned, retired from. That's Bethel. That's Bethel? 
Yeah. Is it? Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow, you learn something every day. Uh, I don't know what their name is. But all the other churches, uh, I, I don't know about, or Portage, they were not even in, oh, I found this out. They are, the chairman of the trustees on Tuesday told me that they're coming up with a plan to get these churches who are just finding out about the disaffiliation later on in the year to get them approved. But it's not called disaffiliation. It's called under some other, some other name for them to leave. So they are working on something for that. Uh, why, why these churches weren't informed of, of, the, uh, of the issue is, uh, is, is beyond me. I, I, don't, I don't know. I just think that the, uh, the pastor may not be there next year. Because they'll want another, another pastor who keeps them informed. That's part of, our, part of our role. So remember this. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled. And blessed are the pure in heart. For they will see God. Now while I was saying that, it was like, uh, uh, you know, this is a good setup. Because you get, you get tired at uh, Dunlow, and then we can put you in the car, and you'll wake up. <laughs> and you come here for the sermon, and you sit through the sermon. <laughs> and then we get up, and we go drive, and we have communion. And you could fall asleep doing communion, too, because we're going pass it, to pass it, pass it out today. So it's a, uh, the more time I have, the more I'll But the commun communion is a, uh, well, that's a straight service. Straight, there's no, no changes in, in, the, in the communion that we're, we're going to do. There, there's, there's, I don't think there's anything in our service that we're going to be required to change. I don't think, I don't think that's going to that's happen. Uh, 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 I don't see how anything's going to change. Other than when, when the churches want to do something, it starts with the church and goes up. It doesn't come from the bishop down and say, this is who you're going to have. Like it was when, when, when I came here. I had to leave. I go out. And they talk about me for, for 20 minutes. And I meet uh, Kathy. Kathy was up uh, weeding the garden. And she comes running down the hill, and it's like, geez, that's the first woman that's ever run to me. My goodness, wow. That's, that's amazing. And uh, uh, son comes out and takes me in. I forget how long we were there for the uh, 40 minutes, I guess, for the interview to start with. And Dan was there, and Dana was there, and they both picked things from the Bible. Well. What about this? And then he would read something from the Bible. I go, oh my goodness, he's going to ask me things about the Bible. I don't know anything. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so luckily, uh, will you do this? Will you do that? Yes, I'll do this. Yes, yes. Uh, in the, in the wintertime, Charlie still, we still haven't had Charlie do it yet. 
uh, he's going to come and pick me up when the, when the roads are, are too, too snow-covered because they don't plow the roads on Sunday. We know that. And you'll hear that from me a long time. The roads are not plowed on Sunday. They're anti-Christian. Uh, and I have a dent in my car to see it for everybody to see, right in the front, front of the hood. Nice big dent for that sign that I knocked, knocked over. Uh, so, any, any questions that anybody wants to, uh, oh, Charlie was going to come and pick me up because he's got a four-wheel drive vehicle to pick me up and take me to the three churches. We haven't got there yet. Because, because I think you people are exaggerating about your snowstorms. You're also exaggerating about deer. I've seen like four deer in two and a half years. I hope I don't get hit by one. That'll be, that'll be the, the ultimate thing where I didn't see one, but he saw me and, you know, plow, plowed into me. No, I, I don't see him at all. I don't see him around the house. I don't see him anywhere. And I don't, I haven't gone through four foot of snow yet. Wait, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. I can tell the temperature change when I go to Greensburg and I come back. I can see it on my dashboard. It has the, the temperature on there. Every, every couple miles or so, you can see it goes down at 79, a couple more. And you can feel it because they got my 78. 77, 76, and I just left uh, Greensburg. That was like 82 or, or, or something, something like that. Uh, so I can feel it you know, changing when I, when I get, get into it. But it is a, uh, 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 it's a lovely area. It's a lovely area to see all the trees, all the land that uh, hasn't been developed. And on 22, all the trees that you see all over the place, even coming down 219, it's, 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 it's amazing. Uh, it's a, uh, I'm glad I'm here. I'm delighted to, uh, uh, to be here. I'm delighted to be here right where I am now. Uh, but you won't see me here much longer. Oh, it's almost time to, uh, to go. So let us pray. If you follow these biblical principles and guide your life by these biblical principles, then you will find that you are blessed and also have helped Jesus turn things upside down. Amen.
Well, we've completed the second part of the circuit riders course. Anybody knew who wasn't at the first one who rode by horse? <laughs> we still have no horsemen. Well, that's good, okay. So we, we conclude this service and we move on to the last part of the service, but it's not the, the end. It's only the beginning of what we're going to be going through. So may God bless all of you on your trip to Sidman. May you be safe and get there and, and uh, get into the church and uh, people from Sidman find a new seat. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's sing our last verse. to the Sidman Methodist Church, I guess Global Methodist now. Um, and uh, let's see, I guess we're going to have the lighting of the candles here.
Well, if everybody will be seated now uh, for the reading of the announcements, um, and I would imagine I'll read all of them since there's people from all charges here. Um, Sidman announcement, uh, our garage sale is on 812. Uh, if you have any items that you don't need that are, you want to donate to the church for the yard sale, you can just put them in the garage back here. It's always open. Um, Beaverdale has Bible study um, on 8-7 at 7 p.m. Um, Dunlow Bible study on 8-8 at 11 a.m. upstairs. And also Dunlow has a covered dish dinner after church on 820. Um, and for the charge, there's the blessing of the book bags, bookcases, and briefcases on 820. And also, um, I, everybody here probably knows this, but we have a dinner set up um, out back here in the pavilion. And there's plenty for everyone, so don't hesitate. I mean, make sure you stay for that. Um, there's a lot of stuff back there. Um, and I, are there any other announcements? Yeah, for the flea market, if you have any baked goods um, you'd like to donate, we'll be here after 3.30 on Friday setting up for Monday prior to 8. Saturday prior to 8. Okay. okay. Um, I guess we uh, want to take a moment here to greet each other. Again? today and we finally have a horse. What's his name? Horse. 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 Okay, horse. Sit down here for a bit. 
the word for communion, you'll see that it'll be on the screen here. For the other two churches, you're coming to the 21st century now. All the words are on the, uh, on, on the screen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Isn't this nice to have all these people here for communion? On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offered for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Uh, Paul is going to help with the uh, serving of uh, communion. And I'll take the juice. Okay, after you. One side, the other side. That's why you got two. That's why I got two. That's why I got two, yeah. Of course, he's got the lighter one of the two.
You have received bread from heaven for your continuation in our spiritual journey. Use this nourishment to help you in fulfilling God's purpose for you being where you are. Take and eat this bread in remembrance of the one who accompanies you on your journey, Jesus the Christ. Upon drinking the juice, you will feel the emptiness that it fulfills. Know that Christ is always there to fill any emptiness that you may have. Drink the juice knowing that today Christ is replacing that void with himself. An invitation to the Lord's table you have accepted. The price for this meal you are unable to pay. God has provided through the death and resurrection of his only son, Jesus Christ. Your bill has been paid in full. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Leave here today with your spirit filled with peace. And when you return, may your heart be filled with joy. Let us now stand and recite the Apostles' Creed together. Words will be on the screen. Let us begin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Go and forth. Go forth in peace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Do we sit or do we go no, right we'll, to uh, remain standing and we'll join in hymn number 473, Victory in Jesus.
Well, we've reached the final destination of our circuit rider service, but this is not the end. This is just the beginning. We're starting on a, a new, new, new course based on the faith that you have displayed throughout these last uh, uh, ten, 10 months in the or ordeal that we had to go through. May God be with all of you and bless you and bring all your dreams to come true. And don't forget to come to the party afterwards out in the back. We had beer and uh, donuts for everybody, okay? We got a couple kegs out there back. So make, make sure you, uh, you come. So in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Okay, go ahead.